0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Welcome, everyone, back to the post-game broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I am coming to you moments after UCLA's 28-16 win over Colorado. And let me just get this out of the way up front. This is getting ridiculous. UCLA was covering 28-9 with, what, three minutes to go in this game? Then they drive down the field and score a touchdown. They haven't been able to do that all game. They suddenly do it at that point. Um, I'm now 1-6 against the spread on UCLA games this year. That is by far my worst performance. And to have it continue with a game that looked like this is insane to me. Um, UCLA totally dominated this game. Uh, It was 28-16. They... Uh, outgained outgained Colorado, uh, let me get the total stats, 487 to 255 yards. Um, really, Colorado put together like two good drives and the rest was just, um, you know, short field stuff. Uh, defense completely dominated. The only reason this ended up being a somewhat close game is that UCLA had four turnovers and just so everyone understands, it was a really, really unlucky turnover performance because... There were three fumbles in this game, two by UCLA and one by Colorado. Now, normally you would expect fumbles to be recovered about 50-50 each team. So you'd expect a distribution of two or one. All three were recovered by Colorado. So they fumbled once and they recovered their own, and then they recovered both of UCLA's. On top of that, you expect about, I don't know, I think it's like one in six, one in five pass breakups to end up uh, being intercepted. Colorado had one pass breakup and two interceptions. UCLA had seven pass breakups and no interceptions. That is horrific turnover luck. Um, So on top of, you know, you can't predict turnovers, it was also heavily, heavily um, unlucky uh, for UCLA to turn it over four times and Colorado to never turn it over in this game. So there was a lot of weird mitigating stuff that made this game uh, closer than it was, and if that sounds like an explainer for why I once again picked wrong against the spread, ding ding ding, you are correct. That is what I am doing here. That out of the way, the actual game, the thing you care about, and not the thing I care about, which is my record against the spread. Um, yeah, I mean, I I wasn't I wasn't too cheesed off with the performance. I thought. Um, you know, the gong show, clown shoes, uh, turnovers aside, UCLA moved the ball really well. I thought the first quarter was a little bit weird. Um, you know, they were really unsuccessful passing the ball, really successful running the ball and, uh, you know, just run the ball more. And they really did from that point on. I think the distribution was like five passes to five runs at one point. It finished 28 to 45. So, yeah, I mean, that that worked out about the way it should have. Um And UCLA was, once again, really efficient running the ball. Um, TJ Harden got the lion's share in this one. I think Deshaun Foster probably just got sick of Carson Steele fumbling it and thought this would be a nice opportunity to humble him a little bit, Um, which, you know, that's the vagaries of a running back's coach. But I thought TJ Harden played well. Um, You know, there were a couple of just no-chance runs where he had to run into a wall of guys, and he was also the one eating some clock at the end. Uh, But... You know, he had a couple of explosive runs. He had one explosive, uh, catch, uh, towards the end, uh, on the, um, the final scoring drive for UCLA. Uh, I thought he was really good. Uh, Carson Steele, I thought, you know, he was good. I mean, it was almost like he got too explosive because I think both of his fumbles came at the end of really long runs. He's got to keep it in his wheelhouse, you know, 10 yards, 12 yards, max, just, just stop running at that point. Um, kidding but uh he was good too i mean the fumbles are you're not expecting those um you know that that kind of stuff happens uh and then ethan garbers you know he had the the first that 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 pick i mean it was a really really good play from travis hunter um did garber stare him down a little too much yeah did he miss some throws yeah um but i thought by and large he played a pretty solid game um, once again, I thought it was workmanlike. I thought he distributed the ball pretty well. Um, started to really develop a connection with Logan Loy in that second half, which I thought was in a large part the difference in the game um, because the defense dominated throughout, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, what made the offense kind of hum a little bit more in the second half was Garbers um, and that connection with Logan Loya So that was good to see, and Logan Loya made uh, one of the best catches I've seen uh, from a UCLA player, uh, the one-hander uh, at the sideline where he had to get his left toe down—that uh, was that was nuts. You you won't see a, uh, too many better catches than that. That was like something that a Stanford receiver does to UCLA circa like 2014. Um, other than that, I mean, one weird thing was J Michael Stewart not only only caught one ball. I didn't see him on the field, really, for much of the second or third quarters. Um, so I don't know what was going on there. Um, he was back out there, I think, in the fourth. But um, I'll have to go back and look. I didn't I, I didn't see him out there much. Um, so that's strange. Uh, but this was mainly the Logan Loya show. He got nine targets out of 28 throws. Um, the next two were Kyle Ford and Maliki Mataveo with uh, four each. Um, and Logan Loy had 111, uh, receiving yards. Uh, I thought the offensive line played relatively well. Um, you know, there were some blips, um, Gary DiGiorgio had a penalty or had a false start. Um, there were three sacks, but I'd have to go back and look. It didn't look like it was too, it, it didn't look like there was anything really that bad going on. Um, but we'll look again. Uh, but my initial impression, it was a you know, a decent enough performance against what was a relatively weak, uh, Colorado front seven. Um, but yeah, offensively really it was turnovers. This should have been a 35 plus point scoring performance, but they turned the ball over in some kind of bizarre and avant-garde ways. Uh, Colin Schley came in and threw a pick, um, which again, I mean, not to like bang our drum from the spring, cause certainly we get our share of things wrong, but, um, people who are saying, Oh, Colin Schley should be the starter. Colin Schley should be the starter again. I mean, we've seen him throw I think like three passes this year. This is this is why he's not the starter. Um he's got some wheels, he can run that zone read, but um asking him to do a bunch in the pass game is um it's a recipe for some not so great things. Okay. Uh well that was the offense and the offense did enough to win this game, but the defense was why uh Colorado, I mean, it would have taken even worse luck than this for Colorado to have a chance in hell of winning this game. And that is entirely because of this defense and almost entirely because of this pass rush. This was one of the most dominant pass rush performances I can remember seeing from a UCLA team. Um, No, no caveats there. Uh, I think the final total was something like, all right. So Shadur Sanders had 43 uh, passing attempts. He finished with 13 rushes. I'm going to guess he ended up being pressured on at least half of his attempts if not more, at least half of his uh attempted dropbacks. Um yeah, so he was sacked 7 times, so he had 50 dropbacks. Yeah, It must have been at least 25 pressures. Um hit constantly, uh sacked again like I said 7 times. Uh Latu and the Murphys were just extraordinary. Um the, the Murphys uh, have just been incredible this year. Uh, Grayson Murphy, I thought, he played his best game of the year. Uh, Gabriel Murphy's been solid all year, but Grayson Murphy really showed up in this one. He had one sequence where he blew up. First, he blew up a run play where he took the, I think it was the pulling left tackle, and just pushed him straight back into the quarterback running back exchange, blew up the next play, and then on the third play, I think it was um, he combined with Latu for a sack, uh, he, he played an extraordinary game, but Latu was his usual self. He finished with two sacks um, and was super disruptive. Uh, Carl Jones spying uh, Shadur Sanders and just as a spy generally this year has been um, everything we ever thought Carl Jones could be and a little bit more. Um, it's been a lot of fun to watch him really come into his own this year after we've been kind of banging that drum for several years. But you know, performance has been good, but he's taken it to another level uh, this year, and it's been it's been really really fun to watch. But that group of four—the uh, Murphys, Carl Jones, and Leatu Latu Latu—just they made this game miserable for that Colorado offensive line and for Shador Sanders. Um, Shador Sanders was limping by, I think it was the end of the first quarter. Um, just, uh, I mean, I've, I think I've said extraordinary a few times, but let's say it again, extraordinary pass rush. Um, and then on top of that, 10 tackles for loss, um, it, it, just really so disruptive. And you saw why it needed to be too. Um, when Colorado could get its like short passing game going, or even some of its long passing game going, you saw kind of what I was telling you about Shador Sanders There isn't a more accurate quarterback in the league when he has a little bit of time to throw. Problem is, he never has any time to throw. Um, Somebody posted it on the board uh, during the game. might have been my man Bobby Bratwurst, and I think it's true. If you put Shadur Sanders behind a good offensive line, say put him behind Oregon State's offensive line, I think he'd be the best quarterback in the league, and I'm not sure it would be that close. Um, He's extremely, extremely accurate. Like, just... The repeatable accuracy is something you don't often see. Um, and so uh, to hold him to 217 yards on 43 attempts, like a remarkably inefficient showing uh, for that passing game, um, that's so much of that is just on the pass rush. Just constantly hitting him, constantly disrupting him, constantly getting into his timing and just making it more and more difficult for him to find receivers downfield. His receivers didn't help him. Um, there was that one where I think he got the grounding on, which I, I'm i with Chris Fowler on. It was kind of BS, but it didn't really matter. Um, but nobody worked back to the ball at all. Um, and, you know, Travis Hunter was like a non-factor in their passing game. Uh, UCLA did a really good job on him. Um, but their entire receiving core, I mean, the only one who got anything going was Weaver, and he's pretty good. Um, but everyone else was basically shut down. Um, as I wrote about in the preview, um, you was not going to allow this rushing attack to do anything and it didn't, um, you know, there was a little bit of Sanders running early, but again, they don't like to run him. Um, and so he wasn't going to do a lot of running, especially after he was limping. So it, it was kind of what I expected, um, UCLA to do to them offensively. And yeah, did, you know, Colorado drove a couple of times, but, um, it wasn't going to be consistent. They weren't going to be able to methodically march down the field against, this defense and this pass rush and that's kind of the way it played out. Um but yeah, I mean it, it really this was this was the game I thought it was going to be but for UCLA's turnovers. Um that was the thing I didn't uh bake into it as much. And you know, one thing I'll say is, you know, people say and I say uh turnovers are often kind of just luck. Colorado's made a habit of winning the turnover battle this year, and yes, it could just be luck and small sample size stuff, but the stuff Travis Hunter is doing out there to create interceptions, that's not entirely luck. Uh, That guy, somebody wrote on the board this week, and I'm not going to name names, but uh, somebody said, well, he didn't play well against uh, Alec Iamanor against uh, Stanford two weeks ago after coming off a liver laceration, so maybe he's not that good of a cornerback. And then you watch this game, and it's like, there's nobody else in college football who's doing what he's doing at cornerback. Like, nobody. Um, that guy's a otherworldly player. But Colorado's huge deficiency is they don't have an offensive line. Like I, Herb Street made the point on the broadcast, and I think it's true, not one of those guys can play for you if you want to be um, a real contender. And I think that's, you know, that's going to be Deion Sanders' big challenge in the offseason because, you know— most of the rest of this offense plays. I mean, like the receiving core, do they have too many drops? Sure. But they're athletes. They can play. Uh, I think the running backs would, to a man, look a lot better if they had a really good offensive line. And obviously what I said about Shooter Sanders, um, I think, would be even more true behind a good offensive line. Uh, and then, you know, defensively opportunistic. But again, it's, it's all about that front seven. He's got to work on his line play. Um, for UCLA, now six and two. Uh, these were the two, you know, Stanford and Colorado were the two true cupcakes um, in this four game stretch. Uh, after this, it's going to be Arizona on the road and Arizona is currently, let's see, let's get an update, currently down seven to three uh, to Oregon State. Uh, Oregon State looks like it's stalled out on the 40 uh, for Arizona. We'll see how that one ends up. Uh, Arizona State is currently beating Washington State at home by 11. Again, UCLA broke Washington State. But ASU has looked a lot better since Kenny Dillingham pulled his head out of his butt and began calling offensive plays. So these were the two cupcakes. UCLA did exactly what it should do in these two games. I would not be too deceived by the final score here. This was much more of a blowout than the final score would indicate. As frustrating as the game itself may have been, watching it, um, you know, with all those turnovers, UCLA dominated this one from from, from start to finish, 7-6 to six at halftime, whatever, and um, The only way this was ever going to be a loss was if UCLA turned it over like eight times. They only turned it over four, so they won by 12. Um, And that's more or less all she wrote. All right, uh, we'll be back again later this week with uh, lots of fun stuff about the upcoming Arizona game. Have a good night, everyone.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.